very good morning. You're listening to UCC 98.3 FM. The time is now 11.05 and you are here with me, Jen, for Come Here To Me. It's the show where we talk to Irish people in their 20s about what it's really like to live in Ireland. We're going to spill all the tea, all the scandals, all the gossip, and we're not going to hold back. Today, I have probably... Well, it's my first guest because it's my first proper show. <laughs> and I've got my first proper guest with me. The one, the only, Africa Bird Pessoa. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's not the clapping. No, I, I don't have a clapping button, so I can't. Oh. I don't use it. We'll get it in for the next time. Africa, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> What's the crack? How are you? I'm good. You made it very in the good. rain. It's lashing rain outside today, isn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely torrential. I didn't even have an umbrella either. Oh, I didn't have an umbrella either. I only had my... F- Hood. <laughs> I nearly said the F word there, but I didn't. Oh. Come here to me. Tell us your story. What is, what's your crack? Where Where are you from? How did you get to here? Why are you on the show? Tell me all. Okay, well, I'm on the show because lovely Jen reached out to me and wanted me to be her first guest. So I was absolutely Obviously, of course. Flattered. Uh, yeah, so... I was born in the States and came back after 9-11. My mom was too freaked out about... Um, all the guns and shit. And is your mom Irish? <laughs> yes. She's Mom's a- Irish. She was adopted and my my dad is from Jamaica. So it's quite the mix. Um, yeah. So I grew up here in Ireland pretty much all my life. Grew up in Dublin for like nine years and then moved down to West Cork. Um, I forgot you lived in Dublin. I actually yeah. forgot that. What was that like? Oh my God. It was literally the best ever. I'm not going to lie. I went to like the most diverse school. There's really like a gay principal. It was so cool. Like they took in so many like refugees. We learned about like every single type of religion and stuff. Um, it was super, super open. I, like literally, exactly the same as West Coast. Yeah. Story. <laughs> oh my god! I went from literally like singing like songs about unity and like all this shit. Like, sorry, I shouldn't swear. Like, I literally we were like holding hands, you know, like learning about Sikhism and and stuff like that. Like it was crazy. And like so many different types of nationalities, backgrounds, like there were literally like people who were being like flown out from Nepal with broken legs and we were taking them in and like learning stuff with them. Amazing. And then I went from that to (laughs) a population of 100 school where there was prayers in the morning, prayers in the afternoon, prayers in the evening. Like the canon came in, blessing us all. It the was, classic. It's the classic. It was absolutely Catholic Irish primary school, and West Cork Gosh. is one of the. Oh, <laughs> I mean, what a spot! I mean, we, we both lived there. I yeah. was from Kilbritton. You were from Kinsale for a Kinsale, good bit. Yeah, yeah. It was Kinsale. Like Kinsale was not too bad. Like you know, my mother she did her best um, to make sure that it was a nice kind of, at least a tiny bit diverse. You know, like there is more. Kinds of people in in Kinsale than other parts of West Cork, I think. I don't know. Yeah, and Clon as well is good for that too. But yeah, like literally the primary school whole situation that was literally insane. Like I was forced to kind of know that I was different as well straight yeah. away. Like even walking in, it was so funny. I like, I was like, why don't the girls talk to the boys? Like, yeah, I was that's so, one thing that happens in primary school. It just they just I don't was, mix shook I couldn't believe it I was like why are you guys like like what's going on like it was like boys are disgusting girls are disgusting everyone's disgusting and we don't talk to each other I was like guys come on this is crazy yeah it's awful sure I remember when I was so I was born Church of Ireland now I'm not confirmed or anything I was christened or whatever Mm. but I went to a a Catholic primary school and there we literally like if we blessed ourselves with the wrong hand 
our principal had like a, a meter stick and she used to tap no. our hands with the meter stick. And when we were doing religion classes then, like me and my sister would have to like just like do colour or like turn around and like not look at the rest of the class while they're doing classes and stuff. It was so weird. It's yeah. I can't believe they would raise like and they I don't know even know if they still do it. Like I have nieces. I feel and nephews like they do. Stuff. I feel like, what like is, they your, do. What is your your brother's nine? Yeah, my brother's nine and he goes, he didn't go, he goes to a way better school than I went to. Where Jesus. does he go to? He goes to Skullnay Velton. Is that in Kedale? Yeah, it's that huge one that's bigger than the secondary oh, school. Oh, <laughs> I heard, yeah, that's massive. Yeah, like they've tons of different people in there. So it's like proper good for him. Like he comes back and tells me all the names in his class and there's like Geetus and Bartek and all this. And I'm like, sick. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas we have like Mary, Paddy, Joseph, Murphy. Oh yeah, and Garoud on the farm, like literally. <laughs> on the farm. Okay, so you went to private school. Then secondary school. We both went to the same secondary school. Yeah. We won't get. We won't name it. Will we not? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not naming it. To be fair, whenever I say the secondary school we went to, it's quite the. Oh, oh right. Yeah. You it went gets there. that reaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rugby school. Look, we can't. Like it is a rugby school. We can't yeah. deny it. And like the priority is rugby. And the rugby kind of. What's the word? You know, the the idealized the idealization of rugby schools is mm. exactly our school. Like just yeah. lads being lads and. Kind oh, yeah. of girls being thrown to the dogs. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. then by other girls as well. But I feel like we got an exceptionally bad year. Like, I don't know about <laughs> you, but like we, like looking at the years above us, we were like, oh, we're all going to bond. And like, oh my God, we are going to get on so well by the time we're in like, whatever. Do you remember saying like, oh yeah, once we hit third year, lads, like everything's going to chill out. Like it's going to be fun. <laughs> like... It went not- from bad to worse for us. Oh. It, our school was just like a mixed school, but it was very, very cliquey, groupy. What you wouldn't expect to happen in college, but does actually happen in college still sometimes. <laughs> um, it was just really toxic for everyone, I think. Yeah. Uh, but th- some people did enjoy it and all the lads enjoyed it. And that, like, that's a great thing. Delighted yeah. for them. But like for us, Happy I think for you. I think for us <laughs> as well, because we didn't really focus on our studies too much. No, that's being kind to ourselves. That's being <laughs> that's being very that's being very generous. Like I remember, like first year, oh, I was thriving because I was like I was actually like one of the gifted kids. My mom was telling yeah. me about how she like put me in um, this program in DCU to see if I was like especially gifted because they used to have to give me the fourth class books when I was in in senior infants. Oh, or, yeah. all right, Matilda, he's <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, because I was get, I knew how to read quite quickly, so. Because um, I read a lot as a kid. I you think. were yeah, you were very talented in school. I remember you, you were. Like, you found things you didn't have to do them. You found them quite easy. I I think I'm. I blame it on the only child thing because I was an only child for thirteen years. So like, I don't blame it on it. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I had so much time to kind of like teach myself stuff. Like I taught myself piano and like I still don't know how I did that from like age three all the way up to secondary school. Like going from one hand to two hands and on going own. from my little, you know, the little jug, my little brown jug to <laughs> brown jug. <laughs> to all those like more complex pieces. I don't know. But first year, yeah. Like first year was, like, what do you think of first year? I loved first year. First year was your I think year. I was, yeah. yeah. And it, it literally just went from bad to worse after that. But first year was like, I just loved everyone. I thought we were all maybe best friends forever. I thought I was going to have a million friends by the time I reached like 25. Yeah, I was like, I'm so good. I hadn't hit puberty, so I was like, I'm so skinny. Like everything looks great, bruh, bruh. <laughs> I know that whole toxic thing about your size and shape in secondary school. That starts in secondary school. It really, really I think, does. I think it actually starts earlier, but like once you reach secondary school, that's when you're really focused on it. But I find that people are still quite focused on it now. 
Oh, 100%. I, like for, for me, I, I like I used to love how I dressed in the summer and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I was just being myself. And then I'm back to college. And now that I'm in college, I'm really like, oh, I'm just going to have to wear leggings and a hoodie again. Oh. Someone pass me my Nike jacket, so please. <laughs> like, it's just so bad. It's unenjoyable. But you have your own style. You've really... You know, you had your own style from the get-go, though, I feel. Mm. Well, no, you used to wear black fans, skinny jeans. I remember yeah, those days. Th- those days were, yeah. Those days where you didn't have anything to wear after school, so you'd, like, look through someone's locker and find a jumper. Oh, literally, like... <laughs> and wear your school shoes. Your no, dubries. But, you know... Oh, <laughs> my dubs. My dubs. No. They're dubarries, <laughs> Joanne. They're dubarries. <laughs> oh, fuck, Williams. Yeah, like, first, first year, I was 100% myself. Like, I... Because I, I just went on holidays with my family recently and me and my mom always have these like existential kind of chats and whatever. And she was saying, like I was saying to her, you know, she gave me such an ego. Like it was actually insane. Like she always, like she called me Africa, like starting with that off the bat. She, I, like, Africa burned Pessoa. Yeah. What's your name again? Grace. Africa Grace. I love that. I hate it. I well, think it's, uh, well, like it's not too bad, but like. My, she's beauty and she's Grace. <laughs> Miss United States but like <laughs> oh say <laughs> sorry sorry go on please continue uh, but like yeah so she called me Africa because you know she wanted me to have the strength and the resilience of you know that like a lion yeah and like the African community and have like all the strength put together and you know to get back on your feet whatever like you know when you say who you are you're Africa or whatever like she was very that's that's, a, that's amazing I never knew that you never told me that and also be, and it's A-F-R-I-K-A because Nelson Mandela pronounced it Africa instead of Africa wow yeah I never knew that you didn't well oh, I know anytime anytime everyone's like Africa I was like yeah it's with a K <laughs> back off <laughs> biatch like I, I, I really I was I, I, I was so defensive oh, I God. know you were great though um, you had my back how did we become friends how do we become friends? I the, My first memory of us is going to the cinema together to see The Muppets Most Wanted. And then leaving. And then we left. <laughs> I, this is when we were 13, keep in mind. We went to see The Muppets Most Wanted. We left and snuck into Bad Neighbours. Mm. That's that's the first time I've ever seen nudity on screen. I was shocked. Oh, it was great though, wasn't it? <laughs> like, it opened our eyes. Like, yeah, I feel like in first year, like I went in 100% myself. I was like, you know, I literally dressed the same as I did like right now like I literally you know I was certainly standing out there let's huh, um, be cut off your back very lively school misses <laughs> like it's so bad like I I don't know I think I just knew like I was I was fine I was very strong in myself but the fact that I was so rejected by kind of I don't know the atmosphere of secondary school and yeah. the way everyone was so like it was really like you know, it was, it was the popular girls or it was nothing. So um, I was like, right, how do I make myself a popular gal? Yeah, for, you like, change yourself to I try com- fit in. It's, I completely change myself. And then you find yourself lost in college or when you reach your 20s because mm-hmm. you're trying to find yourself again after, after literally being ripped from what you do yeah. and what you loved about yeah. yourself previously. Yeah. Oh, God. So, okay. So tell me about... Go later on in secondary school. That was first year. Second year, we won't even talk about that. That was second her- year. Oh God, yeah, second horrific. year was horrific. Horrific. Like, Jen had a really tough time, but like I, I did, and I was, you know, I was trying to hold on to you for dear life oh. as well. Like, I came back to you. I came back to you in third year. Thank God. Yeah. 
So tell me, okay, fourth year. Fourth year. That was, was that the year? That was the year. What, was it was fifth year, not the year? No, it was fourth year. As well. So I, <laughs> I got a, um, I had a really like bad crush on my best friend at the time. And I feel like I told maybe like one or two people, you know, um, oh, like I have such a crush on this girl. Like, I don't know how to tell her. And you were, you were straight at the time. Straight, yeah. I mean, like for every year of secondary school, people were like, are you bisexual or like what's going on? Because, bro, like, come on. <laughs> um, like it was very, very obvious. But, you know, I, I was telling a few people, I was like, oh, like I have such a crush on my best friend. Like, I don't know whether she feels the same way. Like, yeah. it's crazy. And then when we went on the fucking <laughs> Don't Sorry. swear. Don't when, swear. When we went on the ski trip and oh my God, tensions were high. Yeah. The boys and the girls were clashing. Like seriously, yeah. There was body shaming. There was absolute. It was just pure bullying going on. Like so, call it what you want, but it was bullying. Like. It was so bad. Like there was absolute. Like everyone was just on. I don't know. The emotions were crazy, and the teachers were doing nothing about it as well. They were just like, "Ooh, wah wah, teenager shit." Like we'll go to the pub and have a few pints, uh, and they'll be on fire. Oh god. Awful. Yeah, it was. It was shocking. But then after that. And I came out to everyone on the ski trip. Genuinely, everyone. Uh, but that wasn't received. Was that received well? I remember talking to one girl and she was like, because do you remember like in the locker room and stuff, like people would be like making fun of kind of lesbians whenever someone touched someone weird. Yeah. Do you know? And like people would be like making lesbian jokes and stuff. So I remember coming out to one of the people who was like primarily, um, primarily one of the, oh, um, one of the like primary kind of leaders of the the lesbian jokes, and she actually like she started crying, like she was bawling, crying, and she felt so bad that she had ever like yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I don't know, but that kind of made me really? realize that you know, because no one owes anyone a coming out, right? Like you know, you should just be able to just live your truth, whatever. Eh. But that, but that's like that reminds me of um the Netflix star of Heartstopper. Mm-hmm. Joe Connor, like he's only 18. Yeah. And he ha- he was forced to come out as bi. There's literally no need. And like, I understand that, whatever, like queer baiting. I understand the queer baiting thing, but like, do you know, like he's he's kissing boys and he's doing it very well. Do you know what I mean? He was, he did the story very well. It was an important kind of thing. So I don't, like, because they're so young, I just think it was so unnecessary. Like I understand yeah. with like older celebrities and stuff like that, like, you know, sometimes they do be milking it like the Taylor Swifts and the Harry Styles of the world. But like, yeah, 18 year old boy is not really trying he shouldn't, to yeah. come for anyone. Okay, so that was fourth year. Fifth year is when, well, I remember it very well. I don't know if you remember. You, you got really sick. Yes. You got really sick. You, you, do, you, you do, do you want to tell the story? I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, you don't have to. No, I mean, why not? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where it started. I'm trying to remember. Um, I guess, yeah, I just got, like, I had been faking basically my whole, you know, like, personality, my everything. Like, everything was kind of stripped from me from first year when I decided, like, oh, yeah, this is it. Like, I'm trying to social climb my way to have no problems so that I don't get bullied because whatever. Also, like, you know, being, you know, one of, like, five black people in the school as well like that was not easy either because I didn't have any sense of identity 
like my mom's adopted she was a single mom for most of the time so like she didn't understand her like her culture and our culture at all so I was mm. kind of stripped of that as well so it just really felt like I I don't know that I didn't belong anywhere and yeah. I just kind of spiraled and then like being gay on, like, <laughs> on top of it like it was just like oh, it was it was so much at once and so much to deal with and like I knew I could only pretend for so long and you know pretend to be okay for so long I think like I don't even I don't even know where it started because I had like I had quite a bad eating disorder. I didn't eat like I'd have one meal a day, and you know, but both of us were very like fluctuated. You know, we go from eating nothing to eating Loads. everything. Like, I, oh, do you remember? Salads, like, I used to bring to skin. <gasps> I used to just not eat and save my money for naggins. <laughs> Like my, like my lunch money for the just, warm naggins you hide in your knickers on the bus on the way to the disco oh, like oh god and like it's that like it started out with like I would drink I would drink all of my mom's alcohol like every night and obviously like that's really depressing for your brain and stuff yeah. and I would do that every day and like smoke till I couldn't breathe <laughs> like literally it was so bad um and eventually like I think I just like I just decided I really did not want to be here anymore. Like, I was so angry at everything. Like, I felt like I was such a drag to everyone. You were so trapped. Yeah. Like, I just, I literally felt like I was the biggest weight on everyone's shoulders. Like, it was not, it was not even funny, man. I was like, no, oh, it was bad. But like, I don't know. I think, I don't know when, like, it got to its worst point, but there was a point there where I was literally trying to take my life every day for like two months straight. And like, I don't know how I survived that, to be honest. Well, you were very sick towards yeah. the end. Like, you, you know, you were in hospital for a while and stuff. And yeah, and that's like, that's what I like. I have them. I'm so glad like I'm still here and whatever. And like, you know, we all have our battles and whatever. But like, I'm so glad that, you know, it all it, it's 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 when you hit rock bottom like there really is only one way up and it does get better all that all that stuff like it's true what they say you're gonna regret it like they say you know when people jump off a bridge they regret it as soon as they their feet leave the the bridge like it's they wish they didn't do it yeah um but I do regret like putting like our whole year through that and like stressing everyone out a lot like do you know like I know people probably just thought I wanted attention and all that but I was like no yeah I remember like obviously you know we found you in the bathroom whatever but then I remember like the day after whatever Mr Warren coming in to each class (laughs) like our our vice principal came into each class and was just like Africa's okay they're in hospital Uh, they're gonna be fine and like everyone I mean no one could talk to each other for like a week after it happened because everyone was just like what the yeah. hell like the one person that put up this big bubbly front the whole time mm-hmm. and was but that's the thing you you were you were stripped of your identity and your and your sense of self and belonging but you also put on this persona that everyone loved to the sense that like you would always include everyone no matter who they mm. were so it was like even though you weren't allowed to be this way and, and be who you were mm. you embraced and loved absolutely everyone no matter who they were which yeah. is like, oh, it's just such a, it's such a, it's such a crime that it happened to you. I think it's just, it's just shocking. And it's, but secondary school, it's, it's, it's not everyone's secondary school journey. And that's the thing we have to remember. But like, 
comparing yourself now to when you, who you were in secondary school, who mm. are you now? You're, you're 21, oh you're going to be 22 God. in November. Yeah. 24th. November 24th, lads. Yeah, two days after Miley Cyrus' birthday, just saying. It's actually one day. Oh, she's and it's, one, and it's one day after One Direction Day as well. Is so. it? <laughs> Thank God, one D day. Yeah, no, I'm a spicy Sagittarius. So are you. Yeah, I'm the fourth. Oh God, like, but but what, what are you like now? Um, Who are you now? I would say, well, I'm not a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer one of the ladies. But um, yeah, so shortly like after um, my hospital stint, um, I kind of Virtual race. <laughs> yeah, I was like, right, lads, let's grab life by the balls because I'm not. There's no way I'm getting back there or whatever. And love it. Um, I met my first girlfriend as well, and I, you know, sh- she helped a lot. She helped me kind of, strange enough as it is, like she helped me kind of get to know myself and that it was okay to kind of be myself completely and it was nice to have that in sixth year as well where I had someone who completely knew who I was and accepted me like that was really great and I think yeah I went on like a French exchange so Shakira and Montpellier (laughs) (laughs) Shakira Shakira oh and (laughs) literally like oh my god did you see those stories actually be screaming (laughs) she-wolf she-wolf it's so insane I literally was like oh my god like what can I do to just make my life unreal because like after that um obviously like everyone was shocked and stuff like that but Mm. um I don't know I was I was kind of thriving um so um yeah good for you (laughs) (laughs) it was awful no it's great it's great obviously everyone was just still in shock at what had happened Mm. and we're trying to come to terms with it in their own way but the fact that you were the one that it happened to and you got out you escaped from that horrible prison of of being trapped in yourself and you're now you know you're Mm non-binary you're a trans person person. yeah 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 like I yeah so I think when the pandemic hit um, this is so choppy like literally coming in and out of years but when the pandemic hit I kind of like had to be confronted with everything that I felt and had suppressed since I was 13 so like if you saw me when I was 13 like I was like androgynous as hell I had a huge afro I used to wear combats like Doc Martens like I was queer like I was very very queer and I literally I don't know I I ditched it anyway but um like I kind of went back to that and like was thinking about all the things because I always had it in the back of my mind I even said it to my first girlfriend like on our second day I was like would you date me if I was trans or whatever she was like would you love me if I was a worm yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) if I was a worm on your shoe would you love me still like and she was like well she actually said no she was like "Mm, no because she's a lesbian like but um yeah I I'd always kind of thought stuff like that like when I when I was a kid I was so like I don't know like tomboyish like I was very I don't know I just I and I loved when people would mistake me for a boy which happened a lot when I was younger because my hair was wild it was actually like dreadlocks and stuff it was mad but um yeah I went back to that in the pandemic because I'd kind of just been ignoring because I dropped out of college as well so I had like absolutely nothing going on like absolutely no nothing other than just myself to think about um and I kind of just like I had a lot of chats with my my ex-girlfriend and we were like talking about you know 
day-to-day things where certain things would get more uncomfortable like if I didn't look a certain way if I didn't look you know masculine enough and stuff like that I would be kind of really uncomfortable for the day and it actually got like worse and worse the more I thought about it and when we moved to Spain um I was in Spain for six months in 2021 and obviously in Spain it's 35 degrees every day and you have to wear like no clothes so I was really out in the open there and I basically had a breakdown like I could not understand why I didn't look the way I wanted to look like why I had to like change my outfits so much just to leave the house like it was it was crazy and it was so random as well I was like am I really trans on top of everything else? <laughs> yeah and did you beat yourself up over it at all um, well obviously you did in secondary school but you, d- you didn't exactly know that you were trans at the time but, but mm. during the pandemic and when you were away and stuff yeah and like that now you couldn't understand why this was happening did you beat yourself up with every time you had the idea in your head that you could be trans mm, yeah and like I was so scared well not scared but like I knew it was just gonna be so much harder than the gay thing like it's so much harder than the gay thing like when I told my mom like my mom does her best you know she a Sophie like like yeah a Sophie Sophie she does her best and um you know she had to kind of mourn the loss of her little girl and you know her daughter and stuff like that and I completely understand that like I'm not trying to say you know you have to just get over it sorry this is who I am like I absolutely understand that she needed time she still needs time to you know get accustomed to all of it because you know her whole being a single mom with like a a little girl like that was like her whole identity like she loved yeah that was who she was she absolutely loved that so it is very I do beat myself up that I've put this on my family that it's like whatever but it didn't last long because at the end like bottom line like my my parents loved me a lot and like they supported me a lot they literally helped me pay for top surgery which I had in April and congratulations thank you I'm six months post-op by the way (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah so like I I'm kind of done beating myself up as well because there's a lot of things that come with being trans like you know pronouns whatever people think it's just pronouns and bathrooms but it's literally like every every day of your life is like you're coming out if if that's what you choose yeah you know uh because every day like people are just like you know she her (laughs) girl or whatever and I at first I was like oh this sucks like like this is like I I had no strength to correct people either because like I hate telling people like you know you're wrong all that stuff um so I just decided you know if I'm not giving (laughs) if I'm not giving non-binary what are your pronouns do you know what that's fine that's not my problem yeah like I know who I am so that's fine do you know I love it I love it okay well listen we're going to take a little break but come back for more of come here to me after these few short messages if we will load (laughs) point to tree fm during the long day of lectures and meetings there's nothing I want more than a nice cuppa and for that, I go to Roots Coffee House. Located on the ground floor of the hub, Roots is a lovely place to grab a tea, coffee, pastries, and a variety of sweet treats, including the biggest cookies on campus. 
So pop down to Roots Coffee House Monday to Friday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. and support the Cope Foundation. Roots, it's just good coffee. For the best alternative music, Tune in to Set Guitars to Kill every Thursday at 1 on UCC 98.3 FM. Best alternative music, new and old, from Ireland and across the pond. And pointers on gigs that are happening in the area right now. Music across genres including post-punk, math rock, art pop, 90s alternative and so on. Follow my page on Instagram at setguitarstokill.ucc for updates relating to the programme or to listen to past playlists and sessions every Thursday from 1 to 2 on UCC 98.3 FM.
with our very special guest Africa Burn Pessoa we actually have to apologise for those ads there it literally oh my god I don't know what happened I went to play them because it said they were needed at the, at the half hour break which is fine and when I played them it was literally like but you go come down to the coffee shop <laughs> have a leaky bladder <laughs> if you suffer with constipation <laughs> please pick up motilium Motilium not found in the bagging area. <laughs> <laughs> Insert cash or select payment type. Oh my god! Oh my god. Okay, one thing we absolutely rocked in second. We, we, no, we, do you know what? We'll go back to the serious stuff in a while. But now that we're on a roll, our impressions in secondary school. I, I think that's why no one really liked us. I know we were <laughs> actually unbearable. We like, were the most hated people in the year purely because they were just jealous that we could do it. They couldn't. <laughs> to be fair. Like, to be fair, Sam. <laughs> That's what half the lads sounded like in our year as well. To be fair, lads. <laughs> um, but we did, so, that was our best Hollywood of yet. I think so. <laughs> really? This is Surprise, Surprise. Welcome to Meet the Family. You're listening to Dancing on Ice. <laughs> uh, people, say that, people say that Africa can be compared to Donkey from Shrek. But the only reason I agree people, with that. you. <laughs> well, me, yeah, people, me. I, I am the people. Um, the only reason I think that is because you do such good impressions. Oh my God. Give us an impression. Go on. Of Donkey. Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> of Shrek. Whichever you want. Shrek. <laughs> hey, you. You're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> As in, we would do oh that. Oh God, the- I'm going to have no hose after that. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have loads. Everyone loves the good Shrek impression. I know, to be fair. I was gonna. I was tempted to put it on my Hinge profile just to show that I'm not, you know... <laughs> oh, the audio all, recordings. All sexy, you know? It's not, it's not just the looks you have. It's the Shrek impressions of as course. well. Of <laughs> course. What's your, what's your Princess Fiona impression? Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> Shrek. And maybe the pitter-patter of tiny feet. <laughs> the swamp rats will be in. <laughs> and they will be nesting. <laughs> yeah, but maybe a little bit bigger than... <laughs> Donkey! <laughs> oh my god, stop! <laughs> okay, so following on from that uh, that amazing, wonderful ad break and <laughs> the nightmare realm live in the studio, and of course, Lady Gaga just dance, Africa's choice. Of course, a brilliant one, a brilliant pop. Let's get back down to the nitty gritty stuff. So mm. now, so you've 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 gone through this transformation. You've mm-hmm. you've trans you've transitioned mm-hmm. from a woman to non-binary, your pronouns are they, them. Mm-hmm. That's who you are. Yes. Now, how do you feel now, living in Ireland in your 20s? Mm-hmm. What is it like for you? What's it, what's it really like for you? Gosh. Um, they, they, it can be good and bad. It does not just be bad. Yeah, no, it is good, to be fair. Because like, I came back from Spain and I was like, okay, I'm not staying here. Like, There's no way. I hate Ireland. Like Everything, whatever. I'm so negative about Ireland. But like, I'm here now for... I'm, probably going to be here for like two years or like a year you're going to save up for college yeah what do you want to do when you go back to college I you see I'm stuck between like stick like something I'll stick with and that will get me no money or something that will 
get me money that I'll hate. <laughs> well, what do you want to do? This is this is the thing. That's the thing about Ireland as well, is that mm. because the Leaving Cert does nothing for anyone. It does no. absolutely nothing. I literally got 400 points and people are like, come to UCC. I was like, girl, like, there's no way 400 points is getting me into UCC. You could do arts. I could do arts. I'm doing arts. It's going to get me nothing. I'm going to have to do a master's. So oh, that's God. great. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so you did the Leaving Cert then. What do you want? So what do, what do you want to do? What's your dream? My dream? Oh, I just, I just want to be paid to be pretty. Like, I just, I literally, oh, I just want someone, honestly, just to tell me what to do and for me to make loads of money for all my, because I can't come up with, like, my own ideas. I'm very unoriginal these days. But, um, yeah, I don't know, working my way up somewhere nice. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, um, I used to sing a lot, so I wouldn't mind getting back into music, but, you know, that's very, you have to be very, very persistent with that. And I don't know if I am consistent. ADHD. <laughs> you are consistent. You are. When you have a dream, you're very good at following it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want to do music. Where Do you want to study music? Is that what you want to study? I don't know. Because like, I feel like when it comes to like the technical stuff, like you'll remember like uh, when we were doing music in secondary school, like I, you know, I didn't really care about it. It was just more the fact that, you know, I got to sing for a bit and it was, it was good. Like I was delighted with my practical, didn't even have to study for it. I just had to walk in, sing, there you go. Yeah. Bish bash bosh, 100% by the way. <laughs> yeah, okay, so did I. Thanks. Bish bash bosh. Of course. Well, we were a very talented class. We were, very, ah, sure, look, the concertina was out now. I know, my it, ukulele. Band, if you're listening, the, the concertina. My ukulele, do you remember the ukulele? <laughs> Bling! Oh my God. Oh my God. It was actually, it was, yeah, it, it was it was horrible to listen to everyone practicing at once. It sounded like, it's like what you hear before you die. Mm. Do you know those like, pop up ads that you see it's like listen to this or you will die like that's yeah. what you that's what you have to listen to mm. it's the same thing okay so music music I wouldn't mind like I honestly I don't know because I used to think like oh right by this age I'd be doing this but like now like being in Ireland in your 20s is so different it's like you know people aren't getting married and buying semi-detached houses at 25 anymore. Like we are in a housing crisis, you know, minimum wage needs to be like 18 euros so we can live like a normal life. But like, I, I don't really think that way anymore. I think I just take with what I get because this year has been such a, like, I don't know, explosion of chaos that I like genuinely don't think too far in the future. I just kind of go with what's happening now and does that make you stressed does that kind of scare you the fact that you are just going with what you do now because I know mm. for me that like if I think about two years down the line I have to crawl into bed and go to sleep for mm. like four hours because I just get so upset yeah does, no. that, does it stress you better are you, just, are you just happy I genuinely after top surgery I genuinely because that's like the foundation now I'm so comfortable with myself I have so much confidence I genuinely don't mind what else happens like I didn't realize how pivotal it would be like I literally woke up uh from the surgery I remember saying to mom I was like this is it lads I've landed I've absolutely Bats. landed lads <laughs> listen here listen now like I was absolutely on cloud nine like I actually couldn't care and like so much bad stuff has happened to me this year and I actually just don't care you're you at this I think is it is it like you're at the stage now where you feel like you're just yourself mm-hmm. fully that you're so happy in yourself now that you're kind of like riding the wave, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah, like I, as I told Jen, like I lost, <laughs> I lost my job and 
of the laugh. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, why did you lose your job? Because you were because you couldn't find a place to live. Yeah, so I I lost my accommodation and my job and my looks and my yeah, you didn't phone lose your, uh, in your, one week. <laughs> I lost my looks because a mosquito stung my eyelid. <laughs> And I looked like Benedict Cumberbatch for like three days. Couldn't pull any Spanish viewers. It was shit. Nightmare. <laughs> Nightmare. But, but, despite all that. Yes. Like, I'm still going. Do you know, like, literally, it's so funny. Like, whenever people run into me, like, the first question is, found a place to live yet? No. But, like, do you know, like, I'm still, I'm still writing it. Like, there, I, there is a housing crisis. It's not just on the news. There really is. Yeah, it's so. not just, and it's, it's not just like, you know, you always hear about the housing crisis and like, people mm. that suffer with it but you never really actually find someone that is genuinely yeah. not has not found a place to live that's within their budget range yeah you're the first person I've met that yeah like it's literally been going on since July and like you know it's it's crazy but I think because like I don't know people would hear 21 and like I was trying to live with people who are working professionals so I think they were just kind of like mm, do you know yeah and I am a lot to take in do you know <laughs> so like I look like I don't know party person but I'm actually I'm very chill yeah you, know? you you I wouldn't say you're a lot to take in at all you, you do you still drink I do, oh that's yeah because he used actually, to well obviously you know you, yeah I used you, to drink a lot um I didn't drink for the first six months of this year uh not over like a pint like I, I went out for like social pints but it was like one pint and then that was it like I, oh. I didn't get drunk for six months yeah this year and then when I went back on, <laughs> when I went back on the drink, oh god, it was bad, lads. It was bad. Um, and as someone who didn't really drink before, did you do you find there's a social pressure? Yes, from other twenty one or twenty year olds or whatever people in their twenties. Do you find that there's a huge, big kind of culture about going out and stuff, and that you are kind of forced to drink? Yes, I mean one hundred percent. Like, I think our main problem, like as you know, people in our twenties, like we genuinely can't think of anything to do unless there's drinking involved like we'll even like I don't know we'll go on a road trip and do something really wholesome and then we're gatting and we're locked and we're that's whatever do you know and you know I've as well like I'm not a big drugs person either I've never really dabbled in that area yeah. and you know coming back to Cork I was just like shook up. sure oh my god you, yeah you missed the whole like yeah <laughs> yeah drugs. yeah I really did you could literally buy a, a bag like yeah on the side of the street now and no one will say boo like yeah no it's a lot so like because you know I have like a history when I was you know very depressed like I was very heavy on the drugs like I was addicted to painkillers so like I genuinely don't think about anything like in that realm at all because I don't even want to go there yeah so it's a lot to have people who, you know, take a lot of drugs around me. But uh, it's grand. It's grand. And to any uh, potential uh, landlords listening to this now, <laughs> she doesn't take drugs, she doesn't drink, she doesn't do anything like that. So let her in. Let her in. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. If you're any, uh, any HR people out there, she's looking yeah. for a job. She doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Will be on time when she gets I do have an I do have an interview on Friday. Woo! For where? Oh, we can't say. I can't say. Ooh. They might not give me the job. Yeah, they might. Like, but they might. Uh, no, 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 don't say it. You can tell me afterwards. <laughs> Is it for the place that you said earlier? No. Ah, oh, sugar. It's a very yeah. different place. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on them. Okay. Well, yeah. that's brilliant, though. Yeah. I mean, things are on the up. You got your phone stolen. And then I got a new phone. <laughs> and then you got a new phone because you had to. But oh, things are on the up. They absolutely are. You know, it's it's not all that bad now. No. Life is pretty good for, for both of us, I would say. Yeah. 
I mean, you're you're you've you've become yourself, mm-hmm. and you're living as yourself now, and that's that's going to take a long time to get used to. I'm sure. Yeah. Not even get used to because now that you're finally yourself, you can let that pain off your shoulders and stuff. But now that you are living as an out transgender queer person, mm. that's that's what that's what you that's the the person you've been hiding for so long, and it doesn't define you in, in your personality. I mean. Mm. Not at all, but but being able to live by the basic rights that we deserve, yes, is such a weight. Mm. It must be such a weight off your shoulders. No, it's it's massive. Like you know, and I feel very fortunate. As much as Ireland is like very ignorant and like there's no trans healthcare at all, <laughs> you'll be you'll see there we were ranked worst in the EU. Um, really, I didn't yeah, know that. We're worse wow. than you because the last transgender surgeon, who was only for FTMs, which is female to male, um, he retired like three years ago. So we actually have no transgender healthcare. Is that why everyone goes abroad to get their surgeries? Yeah, hundred percent. Because because there's nothing you, here for them. You go to your GP. They're like, oh, right, you have to get this diagnosis, that diagnosis. You need to be assessed by this. You need, you need to a diagnosis to be, to be yeah. defined as trans. And to get on any hormones, to get on any surgery lists, anything at all. I went through the back door. Um, I went to Turkey. But um, yeah, if Viva. you were... If you were <laughs> to get your nails done over there. Yeah, I got a BBL as well. Lovely. Um, but I, like, if I were to go through the Irish trans healthcare system now, like, it would be, you know... I'd be put on a waiting list for five years. I wouldn't get to see a gender specialist for five years and they would ask me in-depth questions about my private parts and my sex sex life like it has something to do with my gender. Um, and they would basically deem me, are, are you trans enough kind of thing. And then you might, if you're very lucky, after another two years waiting list, you know, get on testosterone or whatever, if that's what you're into. I'm not, but like if I were you know, a binary trans person who's going from female to male, like, it's insane. It Like, it, there's nothing there. There's no support. Do they think that people are going to, like, change their minds in the space of five years and be like, oh, actually, do you know what? They really do. Withdraw me from the list there. It's grand. Like, <laughs> Have you heard of that? Transgender. <laughs> trans what? Transgender. <laughs> Transgender. Oh, my yeah. God. That's yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah. Jeannie Mac... Jeannie... M- Jeannie <laughs> Mackers. <laughs> Come out of. I used to always say it. Oh my god! Yeah, Jeannie Mac, like. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a what a story! And look, if you if you have any advice to give someone in your not in your situation, because of course everyone's different, but in mm-hmm. the same kind of situation, you know, if they're stuck about coming out, or if they're too, if they're stuck in, in this in a body that they don't like, yeah. if they feel like they can't be themselves in Ireland in their 20s, which is very normal, mm-hmm. which is very common. And it's because... It's universal, yeah. It's because of this kind of stupid society, cultural thing we have where yeah. everyone has to look the same, everyone has to dress the same, everyone has to be the same and everyone mm. has to do the same thing to get into the same job. And yes. it's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. But but do you feel do you feel like you have any advice for anyone that would would want to hear this? In terms of like, coming out if it's safe to do so in your household you know only tell the people who you really want to know or who care don't feel like you owe anyone coming out like you know you're completely normal and I promise you once you do tell that one person if that's what you need you're gonna feel a hundred percent better you like life gets so much better I feel like I really I feel like I really don't play down when you came out to me (laughs) I'm so sad because as I'm older now looking back I'm like I didn't even celebrate that this person came out I tried to play it off because 
Yeah. I tried to like make you feel like comfortable, but I, but by doing that, I played it down. Like she, she told, she's like, I think I might be bi. Mm. And I, I remember I literally just went, okay. Yeah. Is that all you were going to tell me? Like it was, no, you, no awful just, for I you. I remember what she said. I remember what she said. You were like, you and me, never going to have that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, that was my plan all along. <sighs> Nightmare. I love it. <laughs> After this, right? <laughs> After this quickie in the side room, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, we're going to finish it up there. But Africa, thank you so much for being my first guest on Career to Me. And to everyone who listened, to anyone who listened, thank you so much for tuning in. We are so sorry again about those little ad breaks because that should not have happened. We're going to play it out with one of Africa's favourite now. <laughs> one of my favourite. I literally just picked what I was walking over with. But it's yes. four minutes by Madonna and Justin Timberlake. Thanks for listening to Career to Me. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, off. See you later. (laughs) Yeah.
Nearer than 